back to Making the Brand, another episode with a uh, guest that I'm really excited to talk to, John Houghton. He is the CEO of the Holy Post Podcast. Welcome, John. Thank you. Glad to be here. You want to tell us uh, a little bit about your uh, what you're up to these days? Yeah, so uh, I'm even going to correct you already, Joel. We are trying to become the Holy Post Media Company. There you go. Though we currently have been most well known as the Holy Post Podcast. Our twi- Twitter handle is still Holy Post Podcast, so you don't, you don't even have that wrong. Yeah. But we are on a journey of becoming kind of uh, the guys have been recording a podcast since before podcasts were ubiquitous. Um, and so gather a large audience through that of this kind of particular lane of thoughtful Christian content. And mm. we're trying to see, uh, kind of expand that into a broader multimedia company. There you go. So you answered one of my later questions of what's next for the Holy Post. So, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing to be in anything for 10 years, especially like such an early adopter into the podcast space yeah. before there were really many people listening. But can you talk about some of the origins? I know you're you're later to the team yeah. or later addition to the team, but can you talk about some of the origins? Yeah, so Phil Vischer uh, was a creator of VeggieTales. And so VeggieTales was a kid's show that went pretty mainstream, but at one point was making $40 million a year as a mm. Christian uh, animation. And um, th- they, as, as that was kind of beginning to go down, he and friend Sky Jatani, who was a friend from church, started what the first episode of The Holy Post was actually like a TV show, like a late night talk show with a guest and a monologue and all of that. And Sky was such an old reference, but Sky was essentially the Ed McMahon to Phil as the Johnny Carson. And um, after one recording, they realized it's a lot more expensive to make a TV show than it is mm-hmm. to just hit record on the audio. And uh, for five years, they did this without even trying to make money. This was just a hobby, fun side project. And um, But because of who they are and the kind of smart, thoughtful people they are, it started gaining an audience more and more and more. And then a couple different things spiked the audience. One was Phil put out some really compelling videos under the Holy Post brand, kind of post-George Floyd's death, and about the history of race in America mm-hmm. and the Christian church's complicity in a lot of that um, unfortunate history. And so that was another spike to say, we're really onto something in this lane that we're in. And that eventually a little bit beyond that, but they brought me in to say, can we kind of coalesce all these thoughts and ideas we've had and turn it into something more than what we are currently? So that's interesting because I feel like most in the space and for me growing up in church, they, a lot of people just shy away from the hard topics. Yeah. It seems like you guys go kind of head on and, and it, it's not, in a way that's meant to just be controversial and try to get clicks and views. It's more in a way that you're trying to provide thoughtful dialogue in a space where people can have discussion. So how was that for you kind of leaning yeah. into that space? Like, did you guys deal with a lot of opposition? Yeah. I mean, yeah. still, you yeah. see the comments, right? It's, it's easy. It's easy for me to say, well, first of all, I hope we do what we do, what you just said we do. Cause that is exactly what we try to do. I always say like, we don't, we don't aim for nuance for the sake of nuance, but right. um most topics are more complex than people have made them out to be. And I think even the, a big part of what we try to do to kind of serve the greater society and to serve the broader church is to say we, we want to take on topics that are challenging for people to figure out on their own. And really people that are connected to larger institutions oftentimes are unwilling to take it on because you might lose funding or you might lose kind of some audience that you really need. And I'm going to say we, we want to model how to take these things on in a thoughtful way. So mm-hmm. um, we do try to take things on that, that many in the church have avoided for a lot of years. And right. I think that's left people then looking f- 
to other outlets to say, how am I supposed to think about mm-hmm. immigration? How else? How am I supposed to think about uh, any? I, that's yeah. kind of a random topic there, but. So they go somewhere else to find it, and we want to say, actually, there's a way to think Christianly about all of these things, and we want to do that with them. And so do you find yourselves with the podcast where you guys are generally aligned as far as your positioning, or do you find that there's, hey, this on this topic, we just don't agree? Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, there's probably a problem if you have a group of multiple people that are fully aligned on everything. I right. mean, that's just... Yeah. There, there's a good chance that's something other, um, I don't know, I guess it's at the risk of being uh, controversial here, but that's cult-like, you mm-hmm. know, if you mm-hmm. are totally aligned on everything. And yet there's like a a core that you would say, we've got to align on this in order to um, kind of have a mission together. And I would say that the talent on our shows currently would be aligned on the major things. So mm-hmm. we think of ourselves as these are such kind of internal kind of words, but theologically orthodox, pro-neighbor, and entertaining. And so there's not a you know, universal understanding of what it means to be theologically orthodox, but we have things that we could say, well, we all stack hands on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a whole lot of things that um, out of people's really kind of post-enlightenment desire for certainty on all things, right. um, we think there, there may not be so, so much certainty on, on some of them. Makes sense. So it's you don't have to agree on everything, and it's Correct. almost a detriment if you're, or a, a, a negative if you if you are. Correct. So it's I like it. Um, so what are some of the upcoming topics or upcoming items that you guys are going to talk about? Because what I feel is some of these issues that we're dealing with today have, are age old, like racism, and everybody yeah. talks about abortion. Yeah. Everybody talks about marriage and other things, but like what. What do you feel like is different or new content that's coming? Yeah, so we want to be proactive in some of the content we do. We, we want to help people kind of learn how to think in a faithful Christian way about whatever topics they may face. But then we also do some kind of reactive things. What are the things that are happening in the world, in the news, that we then say, okay, here's the topic that everyone's talking about, everyone's thinking about this, mm-hmm. um, or this is the thing that they're talking about in a presidential election, you know, or some big news item hits. And we want to then be able to say, let's take a look at that topic and then say, what does it mean to think Christianly, faithfully about that particular thing? So we don't have, generally speaking, though I'm going to give an exception to this, we don't have like, here's a content calendar of what we're trying to cover over the next 12 months, or it's a little bit more reactive, hopefully not hot takes. So we want to avoid hot takes, but we also want to respond quickly, again, so that people don't kind of find their hot take somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, But having said that, we are going to take a number of the folks connected to the Holy Post that are contributors to the Holy Post, a couple of our hosts on a trip to the U.S.-Mexico border, um, and we're going to do a whole month or at least a couple of weeks of content around immigration. So that wasn't random when I said that before. That's a real thing that we're going to cover because it's a complex issue that people want to make simple. And so by doing a trip there, we will create kind of a whole universe of content around that trip. That's amazing. And I feel like um, you know you guys are really having an impact on people. And, and one, I don't know if I told you this, but a very close friend of ours from church said that your podcast or the Holy Post podcast was part of what helped her survive the pandemic. Yeah. It's just like her family was dialed in. It was entertaining, but at the same time engaging and it still 
provoke thoughtful discussion for them. And I'm sure you hear some of these stories from your audience. We do. That's, and, and it is the kind of thing that keeps you going. We, we think there's a, a, an important place and uh, a more important place of the local church of like being with embodied people, incarnate people, and not your only source of kind of thinking faithfully shouldn't become just from media that you're not, not actually in relationship with people. So we do really want that. We also are grateful for the feedback that we get through our inboxes that tell us those stories, because otherwise you're wondering, are we doing yeah. any good? You know, But um, Phil, I think, really artfully describes our audience as people standing at the back of the church saying, uh, give me one good reason not to leave. And that's kind of the core of our audience is that people that are really struggling to Hold, to reconcile their faith with what they see of Christians yeah. in the world that are not embodying the way of Jesus. And uh, we want to say that is real, and we want to be honest about that and say, but it's not the way of Jesus that is the problem. It's the way that Christians are sure. struggling to live that out. And so we're grateful for the stories of people like your friends that say, um, this has really kept my faith alive during a challenging time. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so you're trying to hit that audience that's standing at the back door, but how... Uh and, and I really appreciate that because it's not just for the club or for right. the closed circle. It's like really, truly outreach. That's right. Um, and, and trying to bring people in. So um, who else are you trying to, to bring in yeah. as part of the conversation? Yeah. So we think like that's that's a lot of who our audience is and has been is like people that probably were raised in the church. And uh, statistics say something like, there's 40 million young people that were raised in the church that will leave the church by 2050. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of these people, either generationally or not, that are standing at the back door. That's a big yeah. kind of potential audience, if you want to think of it that way. Um, there are also people that um, maybe are not as connected to the Christian subculture that also are saying, how do I think about these mm-hmm. issues in a faithful way that right now we probably, in a lot of ways, aren't reaching? because. We do have a little bit of, we say, the kind of too much inside baseball conversation that you have to understand. You kind of have to be have been in the club, even if you're thinking about leaving the club, sure. to understand a lot of our content. We want to create content that's more accessible for the person that maybe wasn't raised in that way, but is trying to figure out, what is how am I supposed to think about this? Or uh, it's such a popular term of deconstruction. It's not That's not the uh, phrase that we use. We talk more about disillusion folks, but um, you know, my family of origin maybe isn't coming from that place, but they are interested about how do I think in a faithful way, in a uh, way that is kind of working towards the flourishing of others. And we want to be able to reach that group without them needing to wade through uh, the inside baseball conversations that yeah. we have. No, I think it's great. I was uh, really struck by a conversation I had with uh, a, fa- a, a cousin, actually, who you know, in his 40s, and he's like, hey, I'm not sure about this stuff anymore. Yeah. I'm not sure if, like, all the things I grew up with or learned as a kid are what's literal, what's not yes, literal. Totally. How do I dissect this? And, you know, I was kind of stuck. Yeah. I, I wasn't really sure how to respond. I mean, my normal, like, mentality is let me find some resources for you. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me send you a book or let yeah. me, let's go through this thing together. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people are going through that. Absolutely. Well, I think, too, that... uh this is not entirely true, but it makes for a good story, which is I think a lot of our audience is people that raised their kids on VeggieTales or were raised on VeggieTales. And uh, a lot of times that older generation that raised their kids on it, they are kind of freaked out by the perhaps more progressive kids that they have, you know, and they're saying, oh, I'm, I'm worried about them, you know, and then the kids are saying, I'm trying to understand my parents that are maybe holding on to some of this 
bundle that they were sold about what it means to be a Christian and that's kind of bundled with maybe social views or political views that they're not mm-hmm. comfortable with. And the Holy Post has been this resource for kind of each of those generations to be able to talk to each other because right. there's a hospitable view towards both sides of that equation if we're doing it well. Um, and uh, I hope that's the case. And so we do want to be a resource for people that are kind of wrestling with those things. And a part of what we try to do, too, is we have a lot of really scholarly people on the show. And we try to make these really, really smart people uh, accessible to the lay person like me that's saying, I, I couldn't hang in that seminary classroom um, but I do want to know what the smart people think about this thing. Right. No, it makes sense. I, and I like that you have such a diverse group of voices and, and perspectives. It's not just an echo chamber with just Sky and uh, Phil or yeah. just you guys. So it seems like you guys are very thoughtful of who you bring on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're certainly trying to be, and again, it's like these thoughtful, I hope is the right word, because... You want to say, like, if we're going to platform somebody and we're going to say to our audience, this is a good person for you to engage right. with, you want to have some comfort level with that without wanting it to be a pure echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's like a continual ongoing thing about who right. we platform. Right. And um, I know you touched on it in the beginning as far as what's next, um, but you talk about Holy Post podcast becoming Holy Post media. So where else do you are you hoping to engage with people yes. outside of just podcast listeners? Yeah, so I think if if somebody knows the Holy Post right now, they know probably what I think of as our flagship, which is our Wednesday show. That's our big audience. That um, and that will continue to be a big part of what we're doing. But um, we want to build the infrastructure where we can put out video content on a regular basis. Right now, we kind of drip out periodic right. video content, and it's generally not timely. It's it's not it's not untimely, but we don't have the ability to turn around video quickly. Right. Though we will in the future, we do periodic written work. We plan on doing more in this still theologically orthodox, pro-neighbor, entertaining. Those are our three mm-hmm. pillars. You can do that in video. You can do that in written work. Um, and then we want to do events as well. So um, that could be conferences. We have a dream of that we will at some point execute on of doing a civil rights tour, for example, with our hosts and with some of our contributors. And then our audience can come and have a two or three day experience mm-hmm together with each other. So yes, conferences, but I also think maybe more richer shared experience. So those are kind of the, the when we say multimedia, we're thinking audio, video, written, and in-person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I feel fairly confident we'll be able to execute on that um, so that someday people will know us if they know us. And we'll be as a media company and not just a podcast. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because I feel like anytime you hear Phil Vischer, it's the VeggieTales guy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... And, and it's amazing, like that brand and and what he's built. But how much of it do you feel a shift happening between, hey, this is the the guy from VeggieTales versus this is the Holy Post guy? Yeah, that's right. Good question. So we um, and Phil agrees one hundred percent with this idea that there's these other media companies where you've watched uh, kind of trust in an individual personality become trust in a larger brand, where you kind of know if you go to the ringer, you know, you know what you're going to get from the ringer, even if it's not Bill Simmons Mm -hmm. on it. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure the ringer internally has language that they would use about what their shows are going to be, whether it's a 10 minute show about the bachelor or it's a two hour breakdown of the NFL draft. They all have a particular ringer flavor and they're not all Bill Simmons anymore. And um, we would say similarly, somebody comes to the Holy Post, we want them to know what they're going to get. And again, we're going to call that theologically orthodox pro-neighbor. We want to work for the flourishing of all people. Um, and it's entertaining. So Phil would say, would we ever do anything that's not funny? 
Um, and I'm like, well, Phil, there's like one person on the planet that can do Christian content that's theologically orthodox, pro-neighbor, and funny, and mm -hmm. it's you. Right. And so if that's the only thing we're going to do, it's all going to be you. And that's where we started coming up with this term entertaining, with that people would, not that we created that term for the yeah. record, <laughs> but that it's, in, it's content that people would want to engage right. with. And so um, we want to kind of gradually say trust in individuals became trust in the brand. And I don't know how long that will take, but that there would be a day, and if Phil listens to this, I don't think he'd be offended by this, but that there would be a day where people would say, oh, was Phil Vischer involved in that? Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I, not only would Phil not be bothered by that, I think that's part of what he wants to do in, in, a, in a few different ways. One, for kind of the, stre the, the stretching of the company, but that um, really more principled, it's... Um, a lot of the Christian content in the church in America has been white male voices that could uh, control all of the narrative. Mm -hmm. And that's been problematic in a whole number of ways. And so if you're Phil Vischer, who's a white male that has gathered a large audience, a part of his mission is to say, how do I platform historically marginalized people who have important things to say? Mm -hmm. An audience that I gathered he would not say it that way, but I will, that he gathered and now share that platform with others as a part of the mission of what we're trying to do. That's great. No, I mean, it's such a thoughtful approach to, to diversifying um, just that, that audience of, of what you built and that name recognition. Um, so we talked a lot about the podcast, uh, talked about Holy Post Media and what's coming. So I know this is not all you do and you have your hands in, in various things, um, in various ministries or fellowships. And yeah. if you want to talk about any, any of the other projects you're involved yeah. in? Well, I spent 20 years on staff with Young Life, which is a ministry for high school and middle school kids that is an outreach ministry intended for kind of young people that are not involved in the church. And um, that was wonderful. I'm still connected to that in some ways. Um, so this target audience with the Holy Post is uh, similar but different. Um, mm -hmm. So similarly, people that are struggling to say, do I want to be a part of the church or not? I also am the director of Chicago Fellowship, which is a men's ministry that's a mix of marketplace leaders and nonprofit leaders. We just had a annual retreat on Friday that was 320 guys at this and um, really great mix of people that are trying to integrate their, uh, what it means to be a follower of Christ with their work every day. In fact, the content, the primary content on Friday is pretty consistent with what who we, uh, with what we are generally is, um, we have a speaker named Jordan Rayner that has a book coming up out about the sacredness of secular work, but this like kind of bifurcation of like all that matters, this is, this is a lie that we've been sold, that all that matters is that like your work, Joel, with Fortress or other projects that you have, that it's like, oh, if you evangelize, you know, at the office, you know, which it would, not a good idea, um, <laughs> or make enough money that you could give it to the church. Like those are the only, right. that's the only value of the work that you're doing. Um, and really, don't we don't believe that at all. We don't believe that's true with what the Bible tells us. And so I'd say that's a lot of what we do at Chicago Fellowship is kind of the integration of understanding of how, how uh, all my life be different because of my kind of commitment to follow Jesus. And um, so anyway, I, I, I love that. Uh, and then through that, largely through that job, um, I'm connected with a ton of ministry nonprofit leaders, particularly in the city of Chicago. And there are an amazing number of people doing great work and again working towards the flourishing of the city and their communities. That's awesome. So you have your hands in, in a lot and then family set up. And I do. Sure you have uh, that, that keeps you busy too. I do. I got four, four kids that are all doing great and then um, 
my wife is one of those great nonprofit leaders of one of the leaders of the Field School, which is a Christ-centered, classical, diverse school on the west side of Chicago that um, serves 50% low-income students, 50% middle and upper-income students. So that's a big part of our life as well. That's great. So the question I always like to end on um, is 100 years from now, what do you want people to remember about you? Oh, man. Um, this is probably cliche. I don't know. Maybe it's not cliche, but it's like, I mean, I kind of hope people don't really remember me 100 years from now, you know, other than a few important people. I, I love, love, love reading biographies. I have for a long time. And almost every time, many of those are uh, basketball coaches' biographies. Mm-hmm. Like I've read probably most prominent basketball coaches' biographies, but also like a lot of uh, kind of entrepreneurs too. And I would say most of the time I read a biography, I come out of it saying anyone that's worthy of a biography is, is probably fairly unhealthy. Mm. And uh, they, they are living out of that unhealth in a way that leads them to need to achieve these great things that become biography worthy. Now, that's not universally true, but I would not want to trade lives with most of the people who sure. we could still name. So I would love to live a faithful life that's made an impact that's not that memorable to people beyond uh, those most important to me. Amazing. That's awesome. So thank you so much for, uh, for spending time with us. John Houghton from Holy Post Media. Fortress is going to make me a star. <laughs> That's right. My first podcast appearance. <laughs> it's good to have you in front of the camera and not always behind. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>